Ladies and gentlemen, live from the world's most beautiful city, San Francisco, California, Ring Talk, your inside look into the world of boxing and mixed martial arts. Very nice language in front of the children. Ring Talk on Sports Byline is brought to you by the World Boxing Organization and ringtalk.com. You know, it's the same garbage from last week's game. I'm beginning to recognize things. And now, the host of the longest-running fight show in history. Hey, maybe he's in his office locked in the john again. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Pedro Fernandez. Damas y caballeros, bienvenidos. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Sports Byline Broadcast Network and Ring Talk Live Worldwide. Your inside look into the world of boxing and mixed martial arts. Yes, the announcer was correct. My name is Pedro Fernandez. I am the reigning, defending, undisputed heavyweight champion of the radio airwaves, having defended that title now for better than 20 years. And straight up today, we're talking HBO Championship Boxing. Tonight, Matthew Macklin, kid from the UK, not a bad fighter, not a great fighter, taking on a kid that has potential greatness, the undefeated Gennady Golovkin, straight up, the WB 160-pound title holder. He can fight. We'll check him out. We'll talk about previewing that fight and more. Of course, we've got last week's fights. Showtime delivering the goods, folks. I'm talking about, well, not really delivering the goods. We'll talk about Seth Mitchell and, and Jonathan Banks and, of course, the, the main event, Pauli Malignaggi taking on, well, I mean, he basically was taking on a fighter that everybody thought was better than him. But guess what? At the end of the night, people were sort of split on that one. We're talking about Pauli Malignaggi and Adrian Broner. We'll talk about Mike Tyson, what he's doing in 2013, and what's his life like. He's come from a bad checkered background, but guess what? Mike ain't doing so bad. You'll find out right here on Ring Talk Live Worldwide. You're inside looking to the world of boxing and mixed martial arts. Of course, we air Saturdays, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network and Sundays, 11 a.m. Pacific Time right here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network. about your cable bill going up and up and up. Do something about it. Grab a pencil and jot down this special number. Call 877-499-MY-TV. The more cable TV rates go up, the better digital satellite TV looks. So cancel the cable and get more of your favorite channels in 100% digital quality for less money. Call 877-499-MY-TV. Right now, to sign up for packages starting as low as $24.99 and there's no equipment to buy. You get free HD TV upgrade, a free DVR upgrade, and free professional installation. You control what you watch when you watch it. Record your favorite shows, pause and rewind live TV, even skip the commercials. Watch local channels too. At just $24.99, what are you waiting for? Pull out your major credit or debit card. Call 877-499-MY-TV. That's 877-499-MY-TV. Cancel the cable, cut costs, and get more. Call now, 877-499-MY-TV. That's 877-499-MY-TV. 
There are many debt relief plans and scams out there. So if you find yourself with $10,000 or more in credit card debt and you just want the facts about legitimate debt relief solutions available to you, then call American Credit Card Solutions for a free informational kit that will tell you about your options in simple, easy-to-understand terminology. The kit is free. The shipping is free. And there is absolutely no sales pitch. Just the facts. Sent directly to you in the mail, this free informational kit can be mailed to you today so you can examine all the debt relief options available in the comfort of your home with no one pressuring you to make a quick decision. Call 800-287-8013 and ask for your free kit. That's 800-287-8013. This is a first-come, first-served offer and kits are limited. So call right now for your free debt information kit. 800-287-8013. Call now. 800-287-8013. Tired of calls, levies, and liens from the IRS or hiring others who don't get the job done? Call Wall & Associates and you'll never talk to the IRS again. The IRS has a program to eliminate tax debt and Wall & Associates professionals are trained to maximize its benefits for you. You always speak with a live person with real support and real knowledge. We've helped thousands of taxpayers like you settle their tax debt with the IRS for a fraction of what they owe. We solve tax problems. Call Wall & Associates now. 800-480-5708. We have the professionals who know how to solve tax problems. If you owe money to the IRS, your tax problems are not going away by themselves, and the passage of time will only make matters worse. Act now before it's too late. Call Wall & Associates right now to speak to a professional tax relief agent. Call 800-480-5708. That's 800-480-5708. Again, 800-480-5708. Boxing is an unnatural act. Because everything in it is backwards. You want to move to the left. You don't step left. You push on the right toe. To move right, you use your left toe. Instead of running from the pain like a sane person would do, you step into it. Get past the people! Get past the hitmen! You're tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network. My name is Pedro Fernandez, and straight up, last Saturday night from the Barclays Center in Brooklyn, New York, the hottest arena going, the home of the Nets. I mean, they've had other sporting events there, and of course, Brooklyn coming alive, the Burroughs coming alive there uh, on the shadow of the Big Apple, no question about that. But the WBA 147-pound title was on the line, Pauli Malignaggi, what he's a a loser in three fights before, 32-3 and three coming in. Left 32-4, and four, a split decision. And not too popular in a lot of people's minds because they, they thought that Pauly did enough to win. But then you got Adrian Broner throwing quality. You've got, uh, you know, Pauly throwing quantity. And it's sort of tough to differ- differentiate between the two, okay, when you come in to score in a fight. It sort of depends on what you like. If you like the boxer, you know you wanted to go with Malinaji. If you like... The slugger, the guy that hit harder, you wanted to go with the stronger, the superior uh, upper body strength of Adrian Broner. Well, the bottom line was, I thought it was a close fight. It could have probably won either way. And as far as, as Adrian Broner being a superstar, well, we'll talk with Kevin Perry about that KP. He'll be coming up in a few minutes right here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network. And I'm interested in seeing what he has to say, because I'm telling you, I'm not all that impressed 
with Adrian Broner. And we'll talk about that. He's not the next Floyd Mayweather unless he has some type of a, a, a metamorphosis overnight. But right now, I could I don't think he could he could carry Floyd Mayweather's uh boxing boots, putting it nicely. That's right. Barkley Center last week, split decision winner, Adrian Broner now twenty seven and zip, twenty two KOs. Uh, split decision means one judge went Pauli Malinaji, Pauli now 32-5, and five, only seven KOs. See, that's always been his detriment. That's always been his shortcoming, the fact that he doesn't punch hard, whether he was 135 pounds, 140 pounds, or now at 147 pounds, he just can't punch hard. He hasn't got the greatest hands in the world as far as durability is concerned, and they've, they broke on him a number of times, and uh, you can't blame him. I mean, you bang, you break your hand. I mean, how many times do you want to keep punching on somebody after you break your hand? But he is a professional fighter, and he's learned how to adapt to that by boxing a lot more and trying to hit guys hard uh, a lot less. So straight up, 32-5, that says seven KOs. The WBA 147-pound title goes to Cincinnati, Ohio, and, of course, Mr. Adrian Broner. Scores were... Broner 115-113. Tom Malinaji went, uh, Tom Malinaji, Tom Shrek had Broner up, get this, 9-3 to three in rounds, 117-111. A lot of people took had uh, issues with that. And the judge who went Malinaji's way, Tom Miller, he had it 115-113. The 115-113 scores opposite way means 7-5 to five in rounds. One guy had uh, Malinaji winning 7-5, to five. the other guy had Broner winning 75, but... You know, the, the decisive guy here, Mr. Uh, Shrek, 9-3 uh, in rounds. I don't think it was a 9-3 fight, but straight up, that's the way it goes, I guess, in the world of boxing. And the bottom line is if Pauly could punch, things might be a whole lot different. The semi-main event, the most anticipated heavyweight fight in my mind in a long time. And guess what? It stunk. It didn't deliver. It delivered if you were looking for a truck full of manure. I mean, if you were looking for that, it delivered. If you're old enough to remember S.T. Gordon and Trevor Burbick back in the 80s, then, then you know what I'm talking about. It was like one of the most disp- horrible fights I've ever seen in my life. Jonathan Banks. Jonathan, I had a lot of respect for you. You are the protege of the gold father, my, my mentor, Emmanuel Stewart, your mentor as well, of course. But the gold father, he's got to be, if, if there is a heaven, he's down, a boxing heaven, he's looking down at you and shaking his head and saying, boy... What the hell were you thinking? I mean, he knocked bang, he, he knocked Mitchell down. Mitchell with that soft chin. Chaz Witherspoon rot, uh, rattled his cage, of course. And then he got knocked out when, when uh, Banks knocked him down three times. That's thrice last November in a heavyweight uh, fight. And straight up, and within two rounds, he was toast. Okay? So he comes back in the rematch. You got to figure that Jonathan Banks is going to be able to do things, right? Well, sort of like it didn't happen. Because when he knocked him down in the second round, Jonathan Banks didn't go after him. I mean, he didn't do it. He looked about as assertive as a garden snail. Think of a garden snail. Think of a garden snail walking down the street. That's about as assertive and as quick as Mr. Uh, Jonathan Banks was moving. Okay? And then he hurts him in another round, hurts him badly, and he doesn't do anything about that. I mean, he doesn't, he doesn't take care of business. I can't figure out what the hell is going on. I really can't. I'm surprised. Uh, I thought Jonathan Banks had a little bit more than that. He was a three-time national uh, AAU, our national uh, Golden Gloves champion, I mean, 178 pounds. He's the sparring partner of the Klitschko's. And therein lies the key to the mystery right there. The fight wasn't fixed. Al Heyman didn't buy Jonathan Banks. He didn't buy the judge. He didn't buy anybody, okay? This is this is ridiculous when people have talked about that. In fact, I wrote an article this week at ringtalk.com that Al Heyman fixed the fight. And I obviously 
came to the conclusion in the first paragraph that Al Heyman did not fix the fight, that Jonathan Banks is a sparring partner. When you're a sparring partner, you sort of, well, you sort of apologize and ask for forgiveness if you knock down the client. You hear what I'm trying to say? If you knock the guy down that's giving you a thousand bucks a week, fifteen hundred bucks a week, a thousand, whatever, whatever happens to be, okay? How much money are you making? The guy that's giving you that, you lump him up too much. I mean, ask Shane Mosley. Shane Mosley sent Kareem Mayfield home. Kareem Mayfield, the undefeated hard hitter, 140-pounder out of San Francisco, California. Uh, somewhat crude. I mean, not the most polished box in the world, man, but he hits hard. They call him hard hitter. He ain't hard hitting for nothing. Okay, give him the Western editions. But Shane Mosley sent him home because he put a licking on Shane. I mean, within a week, you're out of here. And what do they expect a guy to, like, hold back? I guess that's what Jonathan Banks, Jonathan Banks does. He holds back because, as I said, he knocked him down in the second round. Okay. Yeah, give him the benefit of the doubt there. Then he hurt him in later in, in the next round. All right, and then he dropped him again later in the fight and didn't go after him any of the times. I mean, I don't get it. I really don't. I mean, here's your opportunity to win the fight with no judging involved, with no controversy involved. You go out there, you know, you throw a couple punches. Maybe you throw a forearm by mistake. Ah, things happen, okay? The bottom line is you get the job done. You have to finish a guy. When you hurt a guy, you got to finish him. I mean, I'm just telling the truth. Fighting is an amateur. If I stunned the guy and gave him a, they lit him up with a standing eight count, this and that, man, I went for the kill, right? I mean, right away. Yeah, I got caught a couple times rushing in, admittedly, okay? But the bottom line was I was more successful than I was unsuccessful in rushing guys, giving guys a bum rush, giving them angles when they're hurt. You got to give them angles when they're hurt. You really don't go at them straight on. You go at them straight on and then take a step to the side. And they're like, whoa, whoa, where'd he go? And, of course, bang, you're hitting them with shots from the sides. The end of the, at the end of the day, Jonathan Banks deserves an F as a professional fighter. He should be arrested for impersonating a professional fighter. And Seth Mitchell, well... I don't care how, how how many connections Seth Mitchell has through Al Heyman or the boxing establishment. And, of course, they've propped him up as, as the heir apparent, the next American heavyweight. I don't know how they could do that when he, when he really wasn't nothing. But they were giving him all these fights on HBO courtesy of Al Heyman. Okay, Al Heyman, the most powerful guy. The Svengali of boxing, the most powerful guy in boxing. I mean, he, he makes... When Don King had that run of power about 20, 25 years ago, Al Heyman's got the equivalent of that right now. Okay, I'm serious. Okay, but Jonathan Banks was just a head case. He didn't come to fight. Actually, he came to fight, and then he got surprised by knocking the guy down. He wanted to apologize and beg for, for forgiveness. And Seth Mitchell's got a glass jaw. He's not going anywhere if the Klitsch goes. And that's what was on the line here. Had Jonathan Banks won, he was going to fight Vladimir Klitschko. Of course, that's the guy that he trains, or his brother Vitaly. Okay, and guess what? Seth Mitchell won, so I guess Seth Mitchell's going to fight these guys. I mean, talk about being able to have a stiff you can beat up on. I mean, a stone-cold stiff. Seth Mitchell is the guy. I mean, Seth Mitchell will make the Klitschko's look like, they'll make them look like Sonny Liston. I'm telling you, I, I, I just don't think much of Seth Mitchell. And I don't think most of the boxing pundits out there, the boxing fans, the base, the base knows that the, the, uh, the establishment, these guys the establishment is pushing, is not the man. You are tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide. This is the Sports Byline Broadcast Network. Next up, Kevin Perry talking boxing tonight. Of course, HBO Championship Boxing going tonight. Live, of course, with the main event of the evening. Straight up, it figures to be a good main event. Double G, Gennady Govolkin, undefeated, taking on Matthew Macklin. You are tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide. This is the Sports Byline Broadcast Network. 
Corona wants to make your summer better. So we're giving away digital cameras every week this summer. I have to take a picture of your toast. My toast. That was blurry. Do you mind holding it up for me? Yeah, okay. Your thumb's on the crust. Oh. Okay, no flash this time. I'm trying to bring out the grains. Panorama. Marmalade. Can you pass the syrup? Hold that still. I've got to put a 70s filter on this. Hashtag best toast ever. Don't let this guy win your camera. Corona's giving digital cameras away every week to make your summer better. Take it to the game, to the bar. Bring it on your weekend getaway. Don't post those photos, though. They'll get you in trouble later in life. Visit your local retailer for specially marked Corona and Corona Light packages and enter the Corona Live It, Share It, Win It sweepstakes every week at coronasummer.com. Corona, find your beach. No purchase necessary. Residents of 50 U.S. and D.C., 21 and older only. Mailed entry deadline September 27, 2013 for the last drawing. Void where prohibited. Complete details and rules at coronasummer.com. Imported by Crown Imports, Chicago, Illinois. Please drink responsibly. Do you know which investment has tripled in price since the debt crisis and risen an average 20% a year for 11 years? It's not stocks, not bonds. It's silver. And right now, we at Lear Capital believe silver is poised to hit new record highs. And we're making it easier to own than ever. For a limited time, new customers with $5,000 or more to invest in gold or silver can get up to 10 certified Morgan Silver Dollars absolutely free. That's right, up to 10 100-year-old Morgan Silver Dollars when you invest $5,000 or more. A $600 value free. This offer is available for IRA accounts as well. Call right now, 800-631-9229-800-631-9229-800-631-9229. Call Lear Capital now, 800-631-9229. Listen carefully. First American Student Aid can now help consolidate your federal student loans. We can help lower your monthly payment on federal government student loans. Call us today. We'll review your situation and work towards consolidating your federal student loans. In many cases, we can lower your monthly payment in half or more. It doesn't matter how much you owe, how far behind you are on payments, or even if you are in default on your federal student loans. Call us right now to find out how we can lower your payment in half immediately. Plus, we can stop harassing phone calls, stop the wage garnishment, stop the tax liens, even remove your default status. Consolidate your federal student loans, lower your student repayments, and stop wage garnishments today. Call us now. We can help. 800-949-8707. And you know who never gets a death penalty are crazy people and mentally ill people. Anybody who's got a problem, like a Jeffrey Dahmer. Remember that guy? Was it four or five years ago? Dahmer was eating a lot of people. And they never gave him the death penalty because he was ruled insane. What a surprise. But if a guy's crazy, that's the defense in America. He doesn't know what he did. He cannot be held responsible for his actions. Well, if he doesn't know what he did, then he doesn't know we're going to kill him. The guy's that crazy. You put the guy in the electric chair, we'll tell him it's a ride. Now, more of Ring Talk. With Pedro Fernandez. That's a voice I'd know anywhere. This is Ring Talk Live Worldwide. You're inside looking to the world of boxing and mixed martial arts. I'll get the mixed martial arts in the clothes. I didn't mean to give MMA the bums rush this week, but of course we've got the Sunday show where I dedicate an entire hour 
to Mixed Martial Arts. We start Sundays at 11 a.m. Pacific time. We go for an hour on professional boxing. Then we go to MMA. We talk UFC. We talk Bellator. We talk Evicta. We talk it all, folks. The world of MMA and boxing. The two-hour show on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network. Saturday mornings, 11 a.m. Pacific time, right here. Where it all happens. Sports Byline Broadcast Network. My man from Southern California, the City of Angels on the line. Of course, I'm talking about Kevin Perry of rinktalk.com. And Kev, let, let's let's talk briefly about last week's fights. Paul Malinaji putting up a spirited battle against Adrian Broner. The decisions were split. Uh, how'd you have that fight scored? Um, I, I, I didn't score it round by round, but I thought at the end um, it, it was a pretty close fight. Um, I think a lot of that had to do with... Um, Pauly Malignaggi was just kind of, uh, he was throwing shoeshine type punches. Uh, they didn't really have a whole lot of power on him, but Broner was um, just lacked uh, punch output. Um, he, he wasn't busy enough. He he, um, he he did throw some hard shots, but he just kind of looked a little bit lethargic. He, he wasn't um, putting his foot on the gas pedal enough, and when you consider that Malignaggi is not a big puncher, I mean, he didn't really have a whole lot to fear. I mean, he looked like the bigger man in there. He obviously has a better KO ratio. I think uh, Polly only has seven, seven, seven KOs. Kills. But but Kev, Kev, here's what's up. The guy's a fat guy, and I'm not saying something. I'm not trying to. He's a he's he's intake. His intake of calories is too much. At 147 pounds, he really doesn't look like a solid 147 pounder because he wasn't able to deliver against Malinaji. I mean, he's going to have big-time problems with the other 147-pounders or anybody smaller than that or bigger than that because he doesn't look like he could uh, handle like Matisse, Lucas Matisse, one of the best punchers. You, I think you rated him the best puncher in boxing right now, the guy from Argentina. But I don't think, I don't think Broner could beat him. Um, well, I think the biggest problem with uh, Broner is he, he's kind of uh, the way he fights and people look at him as being uh, this Mayweather clone. In my opinion, he doesn't really fight much like Mayweather. Um, he doesn't have the foot speed. He kind of plods around the ring. Um, he's uh, he's got quick hands, uh, decent power. But if he's fighting some, and Malinazi to me kind of exposed uh, Broner's limitations in the department of uh, being a good boxer. Um, he doesn't move all that well. He kind of stays in his shell defense a little bit too long. He lets guys just fire off shots, and even if he's uh, blocking them. Uh, he he sometimes lets himself get out work, and when he's fighting the guy that's a bigger puncher, a lot of those punches on the arms and you know the shoulders and some of the body shots, uh, those are going to do damage when you got a guy that's a natural 147 pounder that's got real pop, or even the guy that's um, a natural 140 pounder. And I think Broner's record has kind of uh, been heightened by fighting guys or feasting on guys who um, he's naturally bigger than. And I think um, fighting at 140 and 147 is really, in reality, a natural weight for Broner. And I think he's going to have some real challenges at, at uh, those weight classes. Okay. Uh, well, of course, talk about Adrian Broner. Let's talk about. I, I ripped him. I, I went into detail on this in the in the uh, the prior segment. I'm talking about Jonathan Banks looking so so terrible against Seth Mitchell. Seth Mitchell looking so terrible against Jonathan Banks. He was like, if you wanted to turn people off on boxing, this was the fight to make them watch. Well, yeah, and um, I think um, in their first fight, Mitchell showed his uh, limitations. And I think uh, last week uh, on the show, um, I think uh, Stephen uh, Breadman Edwards made a really good point in that um, Banks is normally kind of a guy that fights uh, pretty much in a a lethargic manner. And um, that didn't really get exposed in the last bout because he got rid of 
uh, Seth Mitchell so quickly. And I think the real Banks kind of came out because he couldn't finish off Mitchell early. Um, I hear that Banks broke both of his hands. I don't know if that's true or not. But um, he just really didn't look like a guy that was really willing to uh, let it all hang out. And uh, he just didn't throw a whole lot of punches. So it was just really odd uh, when he considered that he blew uh, – Mitchell away that first time, and then he just was so reluctant to let his hands go and really put forth uh, much of an offense, especially when he consider in um, you know the fight last Saturday that you know he had uh, he had Mitchell hurt a couple of times and he just did not go for it, and um, I, I just really don't understand why. Maybe, maybe it was his hands, who knows? But I think for the most part, he's known for kind of fighting. Um, he's kind of a stinker, like I said uh, a few months ago. He, he just not somebody who really goes for it. He's not known for throwing a whole lot of punches. He's okay. more of a defensive uh, spoiler type. Okay, we'll spend a minute talking about a guy that nobody's really going to talk about. I'm talking about Sergio Bica. Saki Obika. This guy's like 30s out of Australia. Black Australian uh, uh, 33-5 and 2, 21 KOs. A majority decision in 12 rounds over Marco Antonio Paraben, 20 and 1, now 13 KOs. The Mexican uh, contender here, the guy they wanted to make the WBC 168-pound champion, but Biko wins. I mean, he sort of reminds me of, of, of Glenn Johnson to an extent. I mean, it's like Glenn got some props when he, when he, when he beat, when he beat uh, Roy Jones, but straight up, you know, this guy really hasn't got a Roy Jones to beat because he couldn't beat Andre Ward and this and that, but he's a tough guy. He always comes to fight, and maybe he's going to make a few bucks now. More, more power to him, Kip. Yeah, more power to him, and I, I think um, Bika's the type of fighter that Really, I mean, you look at him and you watch him fight, and he just kind of looks real awkward, and he just kind of winks shots from. I mean, it's like when he throws an uppercut. I mean, it's like his his hands almost touching the ground. I mean, he just winds up in every punch. But he is a real tough guy to stop. Um, he's going to keep coming, and you can't you cannot sleep on Pika because when you're fighting him, you got to come in top condition. Um, he he's not. Um, the most technically gifted fighter, but he's really going to just keep coming at you all the time. And I'm, I'm, I'm happy that he got a chance to win a title, even though it's somewhat tainted because he took the title from Andre Ward. But um, anybody he fights, he has a chance at beating, and unless it's like an A-type elite fighter. I mean, his only losses, I mean, are to the guys that some of the best fighters in the last few years. I mean, he has a loss to Andre Ward. He's a loss to uh, Lucian Butte. Um, he gave uh, Joe Calzaghe years ago one of his toughest fights. I mean, that, and that was a pretty brutal fight. I mean, he uh, his head is kind of a third fist. Um, he's just he's a brutal, brutal fighter. And and the, the fight on Saturday was pretty entertaining. I mean, he comes to the fight every time, so you can expect to get um, a guy that's going to come in there and give the fans a show. Okay, let's switch to tonight's fight. First of all, I got to want to spend thirty seconds on this. Joan Guzman of the Dominican Republic did not make weight for a Friday night fight on ESPN2. It was eight pounds over. You know, I've called him the greatest waste of boxing talent in the last 25 years, but this is a disgrace, man. The WWE props him up in these title fights and this and that, and he doesn't deserve them, and they just put him in a 140-pound title fight, his fight, last fight out, and he comes in eight pounds over. I mean, these guys coming in overweight, Kev, there's got to be something done, more than a fine, I think. I think we've got to suspend people. Well, I agree with you 100% there. I just don't think the commissions, um, for the most part, really understand the depth of how important weight is to a fight. When one guy is struggling to um, 
you know, make himself a 140-pounder. And you know most of these guys that fight. I mean, they, they don't walk around anywhere near the weight they're fighting at. One guy has to struggle to make weight. Another guy is kind of, you know, he gets to eat and, you know, hang out with his buddies and, <laughs> you know, and make, make things more comfortable for himself. It's, it's, the, the reality is it's not fair to the guy that's doing his job to try to make weight. And it, it's really um, a struggle. And, and a lot of times I talk to you, you, you really bring that out from being a, a former amateur fighter, how, um, how much, um, part of the sport is making the weight. I mean, even, um, for not just boxers, but wrestlers, oh, you know, those, it's, such, an, guys, yeah. Yeah. it's such an important part of the sport. And it's really disrespecting, not even necessarily just the sport, but your opponent. Okay. And when guys are, have the ability to pay off, uh, you know, fighters to come, you know, when they don't make weight, that's really the problem is yeah. these fighters being able to give other fighters money to make the fights uh, happen. Okay, good and they get an unnecessary and unfair advantage. Good enough. we got to shift gears. Let's talk about this Triple G now. 26-0, 23 KOs. Matthew Macklin, 29-4, 19 wax. Uh, Matthew going to sleep early tonight? Um, I, I don't know. I, I think it depends what type of uh, Macklin comes out. I think uh, Macklin's best chance to win is to try to mix up the boxing and the brawling. Uh, the, the problem with Macklin, he's not really a, a slickster in the sense of, uh, from a defensive standpoint. And, um, he, he probably busts up a, a little bit. And Golovkin is a vicious puncher and he has a, you know, pretty deep and extensive, uh, amateur career. So, I mean, he, he's a puncher, but he's not necessarily the easiest guy to just, you know, hit. Okay. I mean, he's got decent boxing abilities. So, I mean, he's a good fighter and Macklin is just really on paper doesn't, have uh, he is a minimal chance of pulling off the upset. Okay, I got thirty seconds. Brandon Gonzalez, seventeen is zip out of Sacramento, California, former national amateur champion. I think at one seventy eight, ten KOs, seventy no ten KOs. Taking on another one of these guys with his name, Thomas Thomas Ostuizen, twenty one zero and one, and this is one hundred and sixty pounds. He keeps Spock down to one sixty. You know anything about this guy, uh, Thomas? I've seen him fight. Uh, I think once or twice, and he's. He's actually uh, he's a pretty good fighter. Um, yeah. He's tall. Uh, he, he you know he, he can fight on the outside. He can fight on the inside. He's six he foot seems, four. Yeah, he, he seems like he can take a decent punch. Uh, he's real busy. He throws a lot of shots. He's not the biggest puncher, but uh, Gonzalez is a very good fighter uh, from what I've seen of him. Though the only problem with him is he hasn't really fought that many good fighters. So good point, this Kevin. Is, this fight's just kind of a toss-up. He's fought guys like you and me. Kevin Perry of ringtalk.com. All the best to you, man. I'll talk to you soon. All right. Thanks a lot. This is Ring Talk Live Worldwide on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network. At the Attitude insurance is on everybody's mind right now you either don't have it or you have it and you think it's too expensive and you probably feel like you don't have any options we can help we are insphere insurance solutions we offer health insurance plans from major carriers nationwide and likely have a plan that can save you money whether you're self-employed on a cobra plan that's about to expire or you simply don't have health insurance where you work and you need it, InSphere Insurance Solutions can help you. Our agents will help you find coverage you can afford. InSphere Insurance Solutions is an authorized agency in all 50 states, including the District of Columbia. Plans may not be available in all states. 800-614-1242. 
This family is at home, but they won't be answering the door. They know that the pounding on the door is a process server from the court waiting to hand them foreclosure documents. So instead of enjoying the home they worked so hard to afford, they sit hiding in the dark. Mom, what was that? But it doesn't have to be this way. This family can save their home, but they must act fast. Call Allied State Foreclosure Solutions at 800-274-7312. If you're being threatened with foreclosure, have been denied a loan modification, missed a payment on your mortgage, been a victim of a predatory loan, or are upside down on your home, it's critical that you call Allied State Foreclosure Solutions now. 800-274-7312. Allied State Foreclosure Solutions has an attorney in your area that will meet and speak with you. You can stop the foreclosure process, lower your monthly mortgage payments, save your home and your credit. But you must act now. Call 800-274-7312. 800-274-7312. Not available in all states. Paid non-attorney spokesperson. Hey guys, do you know your testosterone levels? Why not? Each year declining testosterone robs more of your energy, drive, motivation, and yes, it even affects your romantic life. Take control of your testosterone levels and give us a call. Progene, the leading testosterone supplement found at GNC, Rite Aid, and other national retailers, is actually giving you a free one-month supply with this exclusive radio-only offer. But only if you call today. So if you'd like to feel younger like you did in your 20s, call now to try Progene risk-free and feel more power, performance, and passion with Progene. Don't believe us? We'll even prove it works. Ask about our at-home testosterone test kits and see for yourself what Progene can do for you. Call 1-800-520-6489 for details. With over 20 million tablets sold, you too can get back in the game with Progene. That's 1-800-520-6489. Again, that's 1-800-520-6489. Tyson has taken some big punches. James Douglas is not a great puncher, but he's a 230-pound man throwing some hard stuff. And Tyson, to his credit, has stood in there and took, taken the punches. Oh, what a right hand by Tyson to begin the 10th round. Emphasis on man, Larry. This has been an inspired, courageous performance by a man whose mother has died within the past month, whose son's mother is battling a difficult kidney ailment, who had every reason to come into this bout depressed and downtrodden, chosen by no one to have a chance of getting out of the first few rounds, and he has thoroughly dominated Mike Tyson with the exception of the moment when he went down. Well, the other day, John Johnson's uh, Douglas' manager and Douglas himself said, I am a new person now, and apparently he is. He's been a whole different person than the one every boxing expert expected to see here. It, it appears that Tyson is virtually a one-eyed fighter at this point. A desperate one-eyed fighter. Rolling willingly just to try to get in the shot that will finish things in. Oh, the uppercut. What an uppercut by Douglas, and down goes Tyson. It's over. It's over. Mike Tyson has been knocked out. Unbelievable. He was the baddest man on the planet. I'm talking about Mike Tyson. Iron Mike Tyson. Of course, he 1984. 
He wanted to go to the Olympics. He came close. He lost twice to Henry Tillman. Who? Henry Tillman, a kid out of uh, Los Angeles. Wasn't really a kid, young man. Um, back then, who won the gold medal at 200 pounds. But he was able to outbox, outpoint Mike Tyson back in the days when, you know, boxing in the amateurs was like, I'm going to say, if you hit a guy more times than he hit you and you knocked him down 15 times and he hit you 16 or 17 times, the fight might go to him because he, he connected with more punches than you connected, even though you dropped him that many times. I'm exaggerating, but I'm trying to tell you that's what the amateur scoring was all about. It was detrimental to my career. I mean, it just hurt me because I had whack guys, hit them to the body and the ribs, and, and I mean, I'd rough them up. And they didn't they didn't give you they didn't want to give you a lot of credit for that. So you had to move in for the kill and make the stop because if you didn't, guess what? You were going to the scorecards and nobody wants to go to the scorecards. But there will never be a shortage of uh, interest when it comes to the ex world heavyweight champion Tyson. Of course, whether it's uh, his one man Broadway play which came to San Francisco and I was gone working in Texas at the time, but that was just a, few, a couple of months ago straight up. It's a great play. Lenny Williams, of course, my guest, the former Tower of Power lead himself, a uh, platinum recording artist, LennyWilliams.com. Lenny said that he saw uh, Mike Tyson's one-man play in Broadway, on Broadway, in New York City with uh, his wife, Deborah, and they both loved it. They thought it was great. And they went backstage and talked to Mike afterwards. And straight up, Mike's, you know, Mike's come a long ways. I mean, whether it's his reality show and loving pigeons, you know what I mean, or, or his disdain, the overt disdain for admitted... Uh, uh, killer, George Zimmerman. I mean, he, he admits killing the guy, whether it's murder or not, they're still going to prove that. But Mike Tyson, while he has no Colin Powell, okay, he reminds me of TV's John Stewart. Yeah, except, you know, no writers. I mean, he's just Mike. He's just telling funny stuff that happened to him in his lifetime. And a lot of funny stuff that happened to Mike Tyson. A lot of things have happened, okay? As I said, I knew him. And I've known him since 1984. Don't know him close. Don't know him personally. He calls me Flash, and when I see him, he he gives me a little uh, nudge, this and that. But straight up, you know, we don't talk all the time, and I haven't talked to him in in many many years. I remember when I had Don King's uh, Las Vegas phone, and Mike Tyson was training after his relief from prison in 1995. He was training in Las Vegas, and uh, I had this this back door to Mike Tyson. I was calling him all the time and talking every night, and Don put it into that. Even no, yeah, Don put in there. Don didn't want nobody talking to Mike, not even Pedro. Even though we were talking nothing but boxing history, because he's a, he's an incredible, he's a, a phenomenal boxing historian. I mean, that guy's got it going on, historian wise. He is the guy, man. I mean, straight up, he'll tell you about Henry Armstrong, how Henry Armstrong had a had a, a, a welt on his left arm when he fought this guy. I mean, he's he's got all the scoops. Of course, he goes back with Amato and Jim Jacobs. Those were his two co-managers. When of course, when he Turn professional. Both happened to have passed away. Customato at the age of like 85, and he fell. Uh, he fell to the Grim Reaper the same year that Mike Tyson won the heavyweight championship back in 1985. Of course, Mike Tyson winning that heavyweight title in November of 19. Uh, take that back. November of 19. What is it? 1986. What am I saying? November of 1986. And of course, um, Customato just died a short time earlier. But the bottom line is, you know, in the minds of many. Mike Tyson's the guy that lost his last fight to that hapless guy. I'm talking about Keith McBride, Kevin McBride. Remember him? I don't even remember his first name. That was in 2005 in Washington, D.C. I mean, and people look at Tyson and think he's nothing but an uncouth, if not outright savage brute. I mean, his thumping of, of Trevor Burbick, you know, that was preceded by Mike knocking out everybody but Mitch Green and James Quick Tillis, who both lasted 10 rounds with him. 
Yeah, Mike was leaving like a crumble, a pile of crumble bodies. Ever since his 84 professional baptism, he was like doing it. And when he went into his title fight, he was 27 in zip with 25 KOs. Of course, that fight took place at the Las Vegas Hilton. Subsequently, uh, Burbick was hammered into a position of not being able to stand on his own. This after a second round assault from Tyson. Of course, he put him on the mat. And Tyson was as cool as you can imagine. I mean, like a professional killer, like a mafia killer, he did not run to the corner. He walked. He strode. He relaxed. He just—he was just Mike. He just, you know, strode on over the corner. And, hey, man, this is the way it is. You know, he was so relaxed, such a professional. He really was. Back in that, that, that point in time, Mike Tyson had a pretty decent chance with any heavyweight in history. Okay, but of course there came the the decline, and you know, and things started to happen to him. You know, he married Ruth Roper. I mean, Ruth Roper's daughter, Robin Gibbons. That was a big mistake, you know. And of course, you know, I mean, he knocked out Michael Spinks. What in the blink of an eye was it like a minute and thirty one seconds, or yeah, a minute and thirty one seconds, and two seconds later, a minute and thirty three, he knocked out Carl the Truth Williams. Okay, both in Atlantic City. I mean. That was when Tyson was an amazing, I mean, I mean, just an amazing physical specimen, and he was absolutely incredibly intimidating. I mean, guys would lose, they would soil their shorts going to the ring with him, okay? On their way to the ring, he would scare them so much at the weigh-ins, they didn't sleep that night. I mean, this is, this is no regular guy. This, I mean, this guy was, like, knocking everybody out, 27-0, 25-KOs. And, you know, if you weren't Muhammad Ali, guess what? There was a good chance that Mike Tyson was probably putting you to sleep, Okay. But the knockouts of Williams and Spinks, they stand out in my mind as those quick, quick knockouts because that's what sort of people wanted to see. And Mike Tyson knocked people out quick. They didn't want fights going five, six, seven, eight rounds. Man, they wanted to get back to what they were doing. This is like the beginning of the Internet days, okay? Um, early 1990s, of course, Mike Tyson coming back after that, that rape conviction, that unjustified rape conviction in my mind. And uh, I'll tell you that there, as a policeman, a former policeman, a licensed private investigator, I can tell you there was more than enough reasonable doubt there that Tyson did not sexually assault Ms. Desiree Washington, okay? Uh, I'm just, I mean, I've got to tell you, as a policeman and as a juror, I cannot believe that the jurors didn't see this because I'll tell you what happened. Without being in grotesque, per se, Miss um, Washington was having her friend, her monthly friend, okay? And she had a little pad that was covering that up. So she put that pad on the sink board and then went out with Mike Tyson. Now, if she took off, the only thing that prevented her from having actual... Uh, penetration. Uh, didn't she have penetration in her mind? Isn't that a little bit reasonable doubt? But no, Mike Tyson was a brute. He was convicted on his reputation. The fact that he had he had dismembered people uh, in the ring, and of course he had he had he had slugged women, and he, he was a hooligan. Okay, no question about it. I mean, he was a hooligan, so he was convicted of that. And when he got out, he never was the same. I mean, there was you know the fights with Holyfield, the first fight with the the Pizza King what was his name. Uh, the guy who did those pizza, Peter McNeely, the son of Tom McNeely, who challenged Floyd Patterson for the heavyweight championship back in the 1950s. Another Custia model fighter, Floyd, Floyd Patterson. But straight up, Mike Tyson came back, knocked out, or I think McNeely was disqualified when his, his trainer jumped in the ring. With some, remember? Yeah, something like that. And then Mike went on to, like, you know, knock out Frank Bruno and, and, and uh, a lot of people like that. I mean, this, this wasn't really anybody upper echelon, but there really wasn't a whole lot of great heavyweights at that point in time. Then... There was a Vander Holyfield. And, of course, the first fight. I mean, Mike Tyson gets his head handed to him. He gets rocked and socked. I mean, it, it, it was reminiscent of the beating he had taken in uh, Tokyo back in 1989. I remember Tyson was undefeated. He went in to fight 
Buster Douglas, I mean, 38 to one underdog, something like that, and he gets beat, gets knocked out in the 10th round. The meltdown of Mike Tyson, instead of training, he got knocked down by Mike Jameson, a kid from San Jose, California, and Greg Page, the late Greg Page, and get this. He was training with geishas, geisha girls, I mean, fine Japanese women. Those were his sparring partners. That's who he was getting physical with, Mike Tyson. That's who he was getting physical with as he prepared for that Buster Douglas fight. So when he failed against Buster Douglas, that really was no surprise in the, in the eyes of everybody surrounding Team Tyson. Yeah, they expected Buster Douglas to fold like a cheap tent like he had done in the past where he started ruff, 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 you know, barking like a dog and quitting like a dog. But guess what? Not this night. Buster, Buster Douglas' mother had died, and he wasn't about to give it up. He was not going to be a dog, not on this given eating. But, you know, back to the second tier of Mike Tyson. Because there was two tiers, remember? It was the first tier, you know, before he went to jail up to 1991, 1992. And then there was the the, the post-jail thing. And the post-jail thing just wasn't pretty. It just wasn't. I mean, yeah, he got the physical look back to an extent, but he wasn't nearly as sharp as physically looking. I mean, just from looking cut up and that kind of stuff, he wasn't as cut up as he was back in the day. I mean, he was an older guy now. I mean, Mike Tyson, you got to realize this. Three years in the in the lifespan of a heavyweight boxer in, in title contention is it, a lifetime. Three years is a lifetime. I mean, look what Muhammad Ali, he was he was toast after that, that three-and-a-half-year layoff. He came back and fought Joe Frazier, a shell of his former self, and still beat Joe in two out of three fights, beat George Foreman. But he beat them on brain, skill, and guts, not on just on skill. He was able to use his head and dupe these guys into fighting his fight. And, of course, he held Frazier many, many times, holding him behind the head, things like that. Referee uh, Tony Perez didn't, didn't enforce that one, although Arthur McCanty did in the first fight, of course, the fight, March 8, 1971, the big fight, Joe Frazier knocking Muhammad Ali down in that 15th and final round. But back to Mike Tyson. There was a fight with Holyfield, okay? Both fights he lost. The first fight, pretty decisively. The second fight, he accuses Holyfield of butting him. And according to Mike, if you butted him and you're trying to take him out of making his money as a living, you're trying to deprive his children of money. And Mike went berserk and, you know, butted, and, butted Evander Holyfield, tried to butt him, and he couldn't butt him. So he, he bit Evander Holyfield's ear, and he bit her the first time in referee Mills Lane and Mark Ratner in the Madison Athletic Commission, now the UFC uh, guy in charge of officials. Uh, but he goes up to Mills Lane, the referee, and says to him, hey, uh, you really don't want to disqualify Mike, do you? You really don't want to You really don't want to do this, do you? So he sort of talked Mill, Mills Lane out of disqualifying. Here this guy bit this guy in the ear, okay? So then he bites him again in the ear and obviously disqualifies, disqualifies him at that point in time. But, you know, the question was, and I always ask Mills, Mills this, and me and Mills were broadcast partners for a long time, about two years in the early part of this century, the 2000-2002 era, we were doing that Let's Get It On boxing. And I asked him about that, and he said, you know, there's certain mistakes that I made in, uh, in, in my career as a referee and a judge, and I realized what they were. And that's all that he would say, because that's all that he was saying. But Tyson admitted when he lost to Kevin McBride in 2005 that, you know, hey, you know what, I was done. I was done in 1989 after the Carl of Truth Williams fight. He was done. He didn't have it for Buster Douglas. He didn't have it for Alex Stewart. He didn't have it for all any of those guys after that. Those guys are, you know, they, even like McBride. McBride's a stumble bum. I mean, I think I could beat Kevin McBride. Seriously, that's how slow and ponderous and, and it just, but, you know, he had all that height on Tyson. He was able to use it. Tyson wasn't able to mug him inside. And, and the end result was Mike Tyson lost his last professional fight. And there were many, many, 
uh, calls for him, you know, to reunite, re, re, uh, to come back and this and that. He just wouldn't do it. He just wouldn't do it. But, you know, you got to give him credit because he carried the sport after Marvin Hagler and Roberto Duran, Larry Holmes and, and, and Ray Leonard. They had left their marks, okay? They were gone. They imploded. Their careers imploded in one way or another. Of course, Marvin Hagler losing to Ray Leonard, that controversial decision in Las Vegas, that split decision in April of 1987 that soured him on boxing. He would never come back. But Mike Tyson, you got to give Mike some credit, folks, because, you know, all Custia Amato really wanted for him, his trainer, his original, his mentor, is like his father figure, okay? All he really wanted was for Mike to have to win the heavyweight championship and to live a productive life afterwards. And guess what? In 2013, it looks like Mike Tyson has accomplished that and much, much more. Reality shows with the pigeons. He's, he's a great father. You've got to give him props. Mike, we're happy you've got your life back on track. More power to the Iron Man, Iron Mike Tyson. You are tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide, your inside look into the world of boxing. At GMC, our customers know our service is as professional grade as the trucks we sell. And now GMC is very proud to announce that we've just received the J.D. Power & Associates Award for Highest in Customer Satisfaction with Dealer Service Among Mass Market Brands. Perhaps that's because no one knows GMC vehicles like the GMC Certified Service Experts. From their hours of GMC training to their specialized tools and equipment, it's professional-grade service for your professional-grade truck. GMC Certified Service at your local GMC dealer. There's never been a better time to try it than now. For a limited time, retail customers can get AC Delco Professional Durastop brake pads installed for only $79.95 or less per axle after $20 mail-in rebate debit card. Allow six to eight weeks for delivery. Offer ends July 31st, 2013. Tax and other services, including turning or replacing rotors, are extra. For J.D. Power & Associates award information, visit jdpower.com. Do you have an idea for a new product? I'm Kevin Harrington. As an investor shark on a hit TV show and infomercial pioneer, I've launched over 500 new Inventor products. I've joined with InventHelp to look for new products for TV. InventHelp has been helping inventors since 1984. They can help you prepare your idea and submit it to companies for their review. While not every idea will work for television, InventHelp has more than 7,000 companies who have agreed to review ideas in confidence. Do you want to find out how to try and get your idea in front of companies for their review? Well, call InventHelp today for free information. To get your free inventor's information, call 1-800-316-1738. That's 1-800-316-1738. The call is free, and so is the information, so call InventHelp now at 1-800-316-1738. That's 1-800-316-1738. Hi, I'm Joe Theismann. No matter what stadium I broadcast from, I'd always have to find the closest bathroom, just in case I had that sudden urge to go. My prostate was giving me fits, but then I heard about Super Beta Prostate's nationwide million-bottle giveaway, and I got a free bottle. What a difference it made. I don't have to go as often, and I don't have to get up at night as much. Now I wake up refreshed and ready to tackle anything. What's so special about Super Beta Prostate is that it's the most widely used supplement supporting a healthy prostate. Super Beta Prostate has sold over 5 million bottles, and it also has a trusted 10-year history, and it's all natural. 
There's no reason to accept the issues that come with an aging prostate. So get Super Beta Prostate today. Call right now and you'll learn how to get a free bottle of Super Beta Prostate. Pay only shipping and handling. Call 1-800-503-8947. That's 1-800-503-8947. Hurry, supplies are limited. Call 1-800-503-8947. That's 1-800-503-8947. Check it. You're tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide. You're inside looking to the world of boxing and mixed martial arts. Of course, the Saturday edition, which you're listening to right now, the Sunday edition, Airs at 11 a.m. Pacific time for two hours on the Sports Byline Broadcast. That's right. Two hours of combat sports live in a living color. Ring Talk Live Worldwide, Sunday mornings, 11 a.m. Pacific time. The first hour, we talk professional boxing. The second hour, we talk nothing but MMA, UFC, Bellator, Evicta. We got it going on. The MMA hour on Ring Talk Live Worldwide follows the boxing hour. Uh, Saturday morning, the show starts at 11 a.m. Pacific time, two hours of combat sports right here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network. So I'm going to go with Triple G tonight, one of the hardest punchers in boxing to uh, knock out his, his, I mean, Matthew Macklin, I'm sorry, man. I mean, you you, you are a tough guy, and you're going to bring it all, but you ain't going to hang with this kid. I think this kid's a real deal. And if he isn't, we'll find out tonight. Brandon Gonzalez and Osterlosen, uh, 6'4", against about a 5'11"-inch uh, middleweight. Mm. I don't know what's going to give there. The power. I mean, there's not a whole lot of power here. I mean, he's only got 10 KOs and 17 wins with Brandon Gonzalez. But that makes this a an intriguing matchup, especially with a six foot four inch southpaw. That's why I think the guy has six foot four inch and a southpaw to bet. So that's going to be a good fight tonight. That is the opener on HBO Championship Boxing. Don't forget, folks, this figures to be a good card, and you definitely want to watch that main event. You want to watch the new kid on the block, the guy that everybody says is going to be the new rage in the world of boxing, Triple G. Gennady Govolkin, straight up, he is a good-looking fighter, and he brings it. Every time out, he brings it. 26-0, 23 KOs. We'll see what happens tonight when he's featured in the HBO Championship Boxing Main Event. Well, we'll have to wrap things up here, folks. Don't forget the Sunday edition. We rock live two hours Sunday tomorrow right here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network, 11 a.m. Pacific time. I'm looking to bring in the godfather of the HBO crew, a little segment with Larry Merchant, Greg Serb a former president of the Association of Boxing Commissions. And I've got another surprise guest for you. That's for Sunday in the Boxing Hour. The MMA Hour, we're bringing Mr. MMA himself. I'm talking about esteemed writer Dave Meltzer. Until next time, keep your hands up, keep your chin down. Most importantly, keep your butt off the canvas of life. Thank you so much.